recording. Um, and we're live. We're live. Um, we're live now. We don't need okay. to clap. Yeah. We don't need to anything. We are live now. Now. Hello. And uh, hello. Okay. Now, clean. Oh, very clean. <laughs> hello. Um, I wonder if I'm okay. If I'm still recording on Logic, if I can play back the other one. No, I can't. Wait one second. It, I am not recording. Hello, 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 hello. Okay, so don't change logic windows. Um, basically, I okay. There's a loop back. You you have to kind of play with it around. But once you've figured it out, there's a there's a way to make it all work. Wouldn't you say? I agree. Okay. My so percussion was me going. It's good, man. It's, it's a song. So I wonder how clean this sounds. It's all right. Kind of cool. We got to up the game, you know? Yeah. All right, so how about a clap? No need. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no need. <laughs> <laughs> So you know something. So let me let me start this podcast with something uh, uh, I would consider as praise uh, for the whole format of this whole thing. Um, uh, after I uh, had an interview with Abu Hawash and I posted it, I sad if one thing he like follows. So he, like every time there is a notification he, like or something posts, he like listens to it. <laughs> so that's really, really really cool. And then Abu Hawash shared it with a couple of his friends. And uh, he shared it with Frihat, and Frihat is we were talking. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I was so, <laughs> I don't know, let me explain. I was so ingrained in the conversation that, like, at this, like, I was listening to it, and this is him talking. I was listening to it, and, like, he felt the need to share. Like, he almost was about to share with us because it was just, like, such a casual conversation that was happening. And he, like, had to provide his opinion to the whole thing. <laughs> And like, like, which is great. That was amazing. Like, just like I'm listening to that, and he's like, what? like, <laughs> like, he loved it. And he's like, I didn't. I never I thought. So I never basically, th we he, have close friends. Who yeah, like he's like, I never thought I would be a podcast guy. I like, really never thought of it, or never like wanted to listen. But after listening to this, like, I saw the potential of what it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiring people. To become a bot. nice bot. Yeah, and uh, I th we're going to have one, at least one, before we go, or if he leaves uh, next week. But uh, he was, he said, he to leaving? he's going to, he, yeah, he's doing this master's program in, uh, in London, or sorry, in, in England, in Coventry. The, the football team is Coventry City. It's a championship team, I believe. But anyways, uh, uh, he is working on something. It's kind of like explaining that as a PhD, where it's like, <laughs> You don't really know what he's doing, but uh, it's no. it's it's pretty much uh, talking about the digital world um, and what it means to to the evolution of the digital world f and uh, creating this uh, different persona or uh, th and the like also like the development of a whole like when you build build a city like there are things that happen in the city and things that are built and people that you need to be populated you need to have you know garbage men and garbage people so like in the digital world what does that mean uh, what what roles do people play and 
the development of urban development of some sort of like this you know it's just really cool stuff man it goes deep into deep 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 into youtube and what it means to have a profile and uh, the persona that you build uh, life life is built o- on information rather than uh on val- uh on values on inf- uh in exchange i think and so it's what i know rather than what uh ah oh, no i don't know he's he's going to have to explain it. but anyways uh he was listening to this podcast late at night uh, on like uh, d- d- completely dark just a fire in front of him with like rocks around the fire pit as seats it was kind of a constructed thing but he was just listening to this and he's like you can imagine like why, why i felt like i needed to uh <laughs> participate because like the voice quality was really good too so you know oh man. Great, man so wait um which which one was he which one was he listening to uh it was the last uh no a couple two episodes ago with abu hawash the one with oh okay so not with not with me it no. was you two and then I remembered, man, like... Oh, uh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, it was uh, one of his friends, too, so that makes sense. But uh, I'm not sure what he, what else he's listened <laughs> to. But sadly, he listens to a bunch of them. I think it's uh, pretty funny that you could like you could speak about your four listeners. <laughs> and then you yeah, know right. your four <laughs> listeners are like, oh, yeah, they're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, just, it's just funny. It's not like, oh, I'm a celebrity. But yeah. It's it's somehow significantly more satisfying. Yeah, that's true. Knowing like the individual who is enjoying this thing that nobody else enjoys, than knowing that yeah, I got eighty thousand views. <laughs> like it me completely meaningless at that point. Yeah, the the episode is uh, in the end no pseudonym was mentioned. But uh, I thought that was with Hamza for some reason. Hamza's uh, conversation with the teacher. It w- ah, I see. I see. Okay, so that was a different one. I, I have a whole bunch, man, on my phone that I. Me too. And I'm sure you do too. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the, that like I, sort of backlog. I thought I thought of um, a couple of days ago. I'm like, I have all of these things. Why haven't I not posted them or even like backed them up? So, that's. Uh, oh man, totally. I'm uh, uh, I'm looking at um, Vir- October 11th, 2021, uh, Virginia exploring number two, and I'm, and I'm just hoping that it's the one that I hope it is. I'm not sure what that means. Do you recall, like, what? Okay, let me let me just like play in the middle of that track, see what I find. Wait. Where is this, man? Exactly. The, the guy talking about the Strombolis, man, and like. <laughs> Do you remember the, when we got to the diner? Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Fuck, yes. Yes, please, please, please. <laughs> that, was a, that was a quality, please, okay. quality episode. Okay, so, like, for our listeners, let's just give them the story. <laughs> like, okay, we'll have to post that one. But we we have to give the background. Like, we have to underst- like, give them the story, you know? What's the background? The just that we went driving. <laughs> we just uploaded. I, we yeah. Okay. So that's that's fair. The, 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 but I I can definitely tell you this. Anybody who listens to this will infer that we were driving. <laughs> okay. Sure. Like it, it's very clear. Um, the only apology we have to our four listeners now is that we had a lot of podcasts over the season. Oh shit! <laughs> Loopback is asking me for a license. Can you hear me? Still? <laughs> yeah. It's coming. It's like. Shh. <laughs> I thought it was like suddenly raining. Oh no. 
Hold up. Uh, let's pause for a second. I think I, uh, I think I actually have the license key. I th There's a pause. One, two, three, four. Um, actually, I don't... I'm just gonna meet you. Well, I, I won't know if you're done or not, but I'll just lower it. Yeah. I fixed it. Um, now you can hear me. I can hear perfectly. Once again. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I'm sending you the straight signal, not through loopback. I paid for loopback. Yeah, you paid for loopback loop in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Because I just didn't want this to happen, and we needed it. We needed it at the time. Yeah, loopback is one of those companies. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I could, I have my code here. Okay, great. My name, Robert. The Strombolis. Thank you for your purchase. The Strombolis. Egyptian um, Italian man. Okay, so I, I had I had stopped and started recording, but again, that doesn't, in principle, make a big deal. Right? It's not a big deal. Right now. Sort of. Yeah. Your your recording is useful, but not necessary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna look. You're listening through the headphones of the pod track, right? No, through the the headphones of the laptop. Hmm. Wait, you let me just do that. Okay, contract. let me just do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Okay, hello? Oh, wow. So much better for me. What about oh. you? Oh, really? So oh. now you can hear yourself as well. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. So I've added a splitter <laughs> that doesn't okay, split nice. anything. It just goes straight to the. It's, yeah, it's just an extra no step. That I, yeah, it's just going straight. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> next time, lessons learned. <sighs> I mean, I, I always feel like um, audio work, especially once you have to like set up complicated setups, is like playing with circuits, you know. And it's sort of interesting to to think how conduction has to happen of signal from one side to the other. Just how electricity translates into sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never understood it. But uh, you know what? I, I was doing some editing because there was um during one of our my interviews there was a fire truck that was going through and I was kind of successfully being able oh. was able to remove the f the sound of the fire truck. Or at least dumb it like lower it down, which was incredible. You can visualize sound through through uh, really? Adobe Audition and take out it's like it's kind of like Photoshop. It's fo it photoshopped sound. The capture the noise, you mean? Yeah. Like when you capture the noise print. Like yeah, with the 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 red visualization yeah, yeah. of There's it. And uh, I I, I think we talked I about. I don't this. know that feature. Yeah, so like it's so it it visual like there's a a map basically of the sound that you're having, and with repetitive sounds, for example, or anything really, but we're, with repetitive sounds that like a a a, a, a frog. Uh, riveting and you can like use the selection tool like the lasso tool and select that sound have the have the audition learn what that sound is and then be able to identify it throughout the whole track so that each time it ribbits it's removed 
Amazing, man. So, all right, I think we're ready to really get started. <laughs> I think we've been. It's a kind of a disservice to our viewers, and we're talking all about the, the technicality of setting it up. I and would, again, I know that I our one particular viewer in DC, yeah, he is exactly. interested in the, exactly. the nature of the subject. Exactly. So it doesn't so really listener. matter. It doesn't matter. These guys, uh, like we, the, we, the people who are listening are, are uh, according to my experience, are the same people as us. Like they're just the, 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 the built from the same yeah, cloth. Yeah. The game is not to try. That was never the game. Never. And will never be. Like imagine we actually changed our tone straight up with the idea that we were trying to talk about something specifically, you know, like you know, trying to plug something. Definitely feels forced. Because um, would we would we have a different tone tone our, of voice? Our, our conversations yeah, are, in itself are engaging, so and are interesting to both of us. Therefore, it should be interesting if we could just delve deep in, enough into a topic. It's just interesting, and for for curious people who just want to learn. Mm. And it would be probably valuable if you and I spent just did a lot more reading. Yeah, for example, I I, um, I have right here um, a book called Arabian Drugs and Early Medieval Mediterranean Medicine. And uh, here's oh, an excerpt from, um, from about dragon's blood. And is, and it <laughs> is, so let me just read it to you. And it is the Aida and Dam al Akhawain and the resin of an Indian tree shaped like a palm tree that secretes this resin. It is bright red. Therefore, its final product is called al Fususi, like rock crystals, precious stones. It is beneficial for treating bleeding from the chest and the rectum and is sprinkled over wounds if they are still bleeding. It coagulates them quickly. Its nature tends to be cold. In Al-Andalus, it is found on the island of Cadith. Cadith, right? Cadith. This was told... Cadith. Or yeah, in, in Arabic, it's Qadish. This was told to me by credible people who saw this with their own eyes. There are not many there. Only one tree. This is an... An excerpt. I'm not Wait, sure is this, where this is. This is from Sukutra? No, no, no. This is from. Oh, maybe, but it doesn't mention that. Oh, you got uh, the music back. Oh wait, the shit. You hear my music? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, خلاص. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, in Arab, uh, in general, the Arabic sources mention the geographical sources of dragon's blood as India, Sukutra, and Al Juhfa. Some wrote Juhfa. Was, yeah, exactly. Some wrote that it was res red resin that was kneaded and formed into chunk-like shapes. It's cool. Because that sounds straight out of Sukutra. Just this like red, red thing. So I uh, give me thirty seconds. I just have to check about the if what the state of the coast is here, because um, I, I will think elevation would elevate. Ah man, um, I have. Yes, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Okay. Does it not work? Have you found a device? Have you solved your problem? I have not. I have searched uh, multiple places, and they have no idea what that is. And some have called it archaic. And <laughs> Even though this is the universal thing for, for pods. Um, okay. The other option is to bring the thing that you have to an electrician. That is true. That's a great idea. I will do that as soon as I can. Because uh, <laughs> it's just a, it is needed. It's just a circuit that needs to be fixed. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, should it's be a very rudimentary device. Yeah. You're right. I think I know my... Gr I mean, theoretically, having a bit of understanding of this means that you 
when things break, you can fix them because there's always one thing that breaks. You know, it's not like the the entire thing it's a good, ceases it's a good, to exist. It's a good one too. Anyways, okay. Well, please uh, elevate, and uh, I will continue reading. Hmm. As mentioned above, the substance was extensively used by the Arabs for medicinal purposes. For example, Al-Kindi, the famous Arab chemist and physician in the middle of the 9th century, writes that dragon's blood was used to treat fistula, hemorrhoids, cancer, and looseness of the gums. Ibn Juljul describes the drug, its names and medicinal uses, mainly for the treatment of bleeding from the chest and the rectum. And it is sprinkled over... Okay, we read this already. Local, local people from Sokotra still use it to cure gastric sores, dye wool, act as a glue, and decorate pottery in houses. In modern Egypt, it is used in powder, in powder form as a hemostatic and oh, psychiatrizing agent. A hemos uh, what? A hemostatic and psychiatrizing agent. A hemostatic, I guess, means stopping blood. Yes. And what's the second word? Let's learn it. Psychotrizing. C-I-C-A. Where's our, where's our P-tug? Psychotrizing. I mean, once we grow, we will have our own P-tug. For those who don't remember or who haven't been following us for every episode, P-tug stands for pull that up guy. Psychotrize. What it, it does not give me a meaning. Oh, heal by scar formation. It's uh, from old French. Cicatrice. I can tell you this. When I finish the work that sits in front of me, the mind will suddenly be met with volumes of information and new curiosities. <laughs> <laughs> It's Last period. night I, I I started writing again. Sort of I hadn't been writing, kind of making an excuse that I hadn't been. When I just it sort of dawned on me is that look, you never necessarily have to feel like doing it. You just have to do it. <laughs> that's the point. Above all points. For writers, I believe that so that's the case. I I sat there and I have here this desk is kind of like a scribe's desk, although it was kind of cluttered with my stuff. It's a it's an old, big wooden thing with a, a coat of sort of leather top. Ooh, um, yes. And I had a, a nice the height little lamp the over it. And I started writing. And I started my, I think the first things I wrote were, the chair is good. Um, I wrote, I have no thoughts in my mind, or rather, I have no, way, no thoughts that I wish to express. And then like 13 voracious pages of writing later, <laughs> I was standing there thinking. And I just felt oddly reminiscent of exactly a year before. I, I, I sort of felt a responsibility because of the year before that, exactly a year ago from last night, I found journaling. And I had my own voracious night of writing. I love it. Yet it was, um, it just felt like, it really felt like I stepped onto level two. Last night. You know, the, 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 the way I was writing in both its form and its content was definitely on level two. Can you explain a little bit more? What is level one for it I, to be level two? Level one is figuring out the whole concept of writing and figuring out what your relationship to it is. 
And in doing so, I realized that I'm always somewhat tentatively nervous about the concept of somebody reading what I've written. And as such, there's this whole domain of thought that just doesn't enter the page because you worry that somebody might pick it up. Um, mm. But I just wrote and I found that I could write about this person in the third person as the mm. he. And suddenly, like, really incising, incisively get to the heart of whom I think he is and is trying to be. You know, it was, it was a way of exploring the self, painting some form of self-portrait by trying to say, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> It'll, and, but let me do so in a way that is poignant. Like, I, I just feel like there's sort of a, a massive degree of lying to ourselves that sometimes you have to just get get through or get past. I completely see that. And uh, you, you kind of know when you're not, you're kind of beating around the bush with with that. And uh, and it's important to say getting through it because um, you, it is a journey to, towards whatever you're trying to achieve in terms of understanding yourself. It's not um, a click. It's not a, it's not a button that you click, you click, you click. It's a, uh, it's uh, going through it. Why do you? Why do you think first? Every now why and then do you first think moments. like that? And then after that, like, why do you first understand yourself in that way? And then, and by kind of, it's like editing too. Like, you, you, if you change something about it, well, how does it? And rewatch it. How does it give you? What impression does it give you? And you have to kind of be honest about it. And if you're not honest, then you're not really, really doing anything. And it, you're right, because in some sense, um. The honest look is the one that's not invested in the decisions that have been made. Yes, but rather just an examination and hopefully a decision or uh, a revelation in the end. That's exactly it. Sort of um, detachment, I guess, is the way to call it. Yes, 100%. Just if you can somehow detach yourself from the self. Um, I found myself writing in a bit of a seesaw. Um, it would go very sharp and hard to read. And then it would find redemption, naturally. And then it would once again become incisive and, and hard. And then again, redemption. And so it, and it, the whole thing was just very clear that the whole point is that the both will exist. But if, um, if you're always desperately hoping that all you have is the redemption side, you're, what you're doing is you are being that side, but you're also glossing over the other side that's real. And it just seems as though the, the most prudent thing is to look right at it. There's no other way. Yeah, um, what, I, what I find uh, a struggle is writing something that you know is not entirely true or it's uh, probably uh, an, it's an exaggeration, but it has to be written in order for it to be understood as an exaggeration and kind of like push yourself back. Uh, to be critical is maybe like with the self is usually we're very hi we're highly critical and um, and not very accurate and um, that's what I find myself to be kind of struggling with now. Maybe accuracy is not the term I would measure it by. Mm. I think uh, perhaps it's too narrow of a word in the way I see it. Like I think a lot of self-criticism is some of the most accurate criticism I might be able to give it, but it also it is delivered with um, 
the a weight that that feels much heavier than than it actually is mm. like when i find certain things about out about myself to myself to to have to realize those things because i'm i am myself are painful to have to hear but if somebody else who is not has no investment in you hears it it's okay <laughs> fine it's it's normal information exactly uh, by the way i'm i'm like I'm talking at the microphone right now, but I'm I'm closing my eyes, and so I'm just completely, just here. If you like, if you want. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it about? Um, I I feel like you don't have um. If if an intention or a motivation enters your mind, I feel like. You can't, and tell me if this is just a really broad and not accurate thought, but have an aversion to directly asking what it is that you're aiming for. In the case of, how about you close your eyes? I, I understand. I, I would have an aversion too to say something like that. I would, I would go about it the way you went in some sense, you know? Yeah, I mean... Why uh, do we do this? <laughs> uh, what, and why, do we, uh, why do we mention it? Or why do we say it in the way that we say it? Okay. Let's break it down. You're in a situation. You're in a situation where you want, where you think it would be beneficial if the other person were to close their eyes too, because now you're both in good audio quality and you're just, you're straight. Like if you, if you really think for a second, um, you could, you could pretend like you're sitting in the same spot. Yeah. For 100%. Um, I think the only thing that's missing then for me is to get the clean signal from you. Yeah. But and I'm sure it'll that be would possible next time when we when you use this thing as an interface. Oh, so yeah, cuz you hear me through the headphones mic. No, which microphone do you hear me from? Probably from your laptop. Yeah. So I'm a little bit further. Okay. I mean, it's it's not too bad. It's really it could be much much worse. Listen, I'm just going to grab a drink of water so I can sit down comfortably. Mm. It's like, <sighs> this book is written by, um, and in Arabic it's called Al-Adwi Al-Arabiya Fi Mutawassati Fi Al-Usur Al-Wusta. And it's uh, published by the Edinburgh Studies in Classical Islamic History and Culture. It's written by Zohar Amar and Ifraim Lev. Israelis uh, who are who have <laughs> um, studied in uh, in Israel and have uh, I uh, an interest in this for some reason. Continue. Yes. Okay. So I'm so tired of the politics. Wait. Let me let me talk let me talk a little bit about what you were saying because I it's it's a cool thing to talk about. Uh, about sharing an experience and uh, curating an experience with someone else, with someone who has, let's say, more experience in curating experiences. So, like, oh man, so many thoughts in here. Um, one thing is, okay, the suggestion. Um, I find that closing my eyes right now is uh, allowing me to focus on the space that we are in right now without the visual stimuli of where I am now, um, that is different than where you are. That's number one. And um, 
Number two is saying, well, if I find this to be uh, beneficial to our conversation, he might be able he might actually find it beneficial as well but that's also based on our our previous experiences with closing our eyes together in the same space so and the th the one thing i would uh mention is uh when it comes to other people who have not have th had this experience of closing their eyes while they talk with someone else for example um you understand it to be beneficial. However, to other people, they might not see it and you kind of have to pull them with that. And I'm finding, I'm, I'm, I've been grappling with this idea today, um, but I haven't really gone into it much. But while I was on a hike uh, last week, we were climbing up a mountain that was very rocky. So it was like the, there was a, the land was a mixture of, of, of soil, of, you know, a dry soil, let's say, and just rocks and um and it was on a in inclination so and there's shrubs everywhere and these like um onion like uh, bulbs that were coming out or like sh uh, shoots and beautiful acorn trees that have been there for hundreds of years and it's kind of like the the roman lands of of, of a long time ago this is in the north and anyways going up the the hill or yeah this this small mountain let's say is uh, there was one leader, um, and there was like five people behind, but out going up this hill, there was, the leader had taken a certain way of going up there. Like the, the steps that they take are going on this rock and then this rock and then this rock. Uh, me as the person behind them went on this other rock and then this other rock and then, but, and then I did kind of something different. Um, I cannot really follow them i cannot really do the same steps or else it'll be a little bit too much of uh of like thought and uh effort that's kind of useless because i am capable of climbing this mountain just in the way that i believe it to be i just i, I saw it as like we're all going on this journey uh towards the same point which is the high, the you know the top of the mountain so it's not a specific point it's just the top and each person is kind of taking their own steps um and that's really what you can do. And if someone needs support, you can support them um, using the same way or, n or a different way. Um, I, I found that to be a cool metaphor to like an experience or uh, trying to get to somewhere together but in, in any s sort of fashion, both physically and like intellectually, whatever. Um, but it, to say this is like this is the way that you should go. Like, this is the step that you, you should take. Or like, I found this step to be good. Maybe you should do it too. Um, where's the line of like, well, you should do it and well, you shouldn't, or like, it's your choice, you know? Like, we know for a fact that closing your eyes will help with the experience, but it's not necessarily like the way or it's, it, it is kind of, we know it, but you know, do you understand what I'm, where I'm going? I believe you're describing um, a situation of like it made me think of this. There is a preciousness to um, to the mutual commitment of maximum engagement. Yeah, exactly. it's something that if you think of it earnestly, you only have with few people in your friend in your. At least I have with very few people, and. Um, in fact, I mean, 
you could argue that it's like it's a matter of scale. I mean, you and I have brought this to a to a practice that it's it's a habit. I mean, it, of the few things that you and I are not people with no structure in our lives, we have a what I think is so beautiful about this is this is a structured thing that gains more structure each time we do it, but somehow feels ritualistic in its structure. Uh, yeah, and in, in some sense. Uh, as you can as you saw without the without the microphone it was kind of a different discussion than with the microphone and <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah. I, I kind of i i do wish uh, how do i say this it's like exercising in a way i i, I didn't it. i didn't really feel like oh you know was, uh, the microphone and stuff like that but at the same time i i did want to be in the space together with you know two two people that we've always shared but but i don't know it's like it's a different type of engagement there's a lot more quiet there are a lot of people who i think what it is is that a lot of people as they grow up they forget that they were naturally born to be curious and it's a little bit like journaling like if you don't do it um you won't know really that it has value you know and a lot of people say, oh, I tried. Well, listen, if you hardly, <laughs> exactly. if you only stepped a couple minutes into it and it, it just, it wasn't, and it wasn't flowing for you, that doesn't mean you tried. <laughs> it just means like you, 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 you started once. <laughs> That's all it means. It's so, very clear. Like any of these things, journaling would have value for any, anyone. And in principle, it's like, write until you find the value. And that means you have to push through a phase. And some, for some people, it comes naturally. For some, it's work. But eventually, once you see the value, you don't turn back. And so now I'm, this is when I'm thinking about concepts like meditation. It's good to think about this because I've wavered. The last three days, I haven't. But I had done six days consistently. And so it just seems like what everybody says, just listen to them. Do it every day. And then you will see the value. To you those, will become, yeah, yeah. You'll reach a point where you have to. This teacher, the, the one from the yoga videos I sent you, mm -hmm. every morning. Her Instagram handle is uh, in bed. this, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, she's the yoga teacher. And every morning in bed, she sits up and she meditates for an hour. And then every evening before she goes to sleep, she meditates for an hour. <sighs> uh it's it's incredible and uh the yogi the, remember the yogi youtube video i told you about I, I don't know where i can find it now the yogis of tibet rare documentary oh yeah i didn't watch it if you incur if you think i should watch it i'll watch it yes <laughs> watch it okay i found i i love when this happens man i love when i just find a random thing and commit to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very open to these things. So, anyways, I, I watched the Moroccan film, a little bit of it, and it was just like, "What is this?" <laughs> uh, but the yogis of Tibet. Uh, <laughs> Good point, man. <laughs> no, and you should do it more often. Maybe like habitually, just figure out like a wild card day of the week or something that just. Keep yeah, doing and it. I, I feel like um, with my experience with you, it, it, there's a lot. Well, at least together, there seems to be a more value taken in the uh, kind of uh, 
uh, guaranteed or slightly guaranteed, more guaranteed experience of watching something together just because we're together for a finite amount of time. You know what I mean? So the the because we have so much like little time to be together, things that are risky in terms of what is uh, what we're going to watch is is um, is not really favored. So I would uh, I would be very open to just watching things, just random things, because the things like Qatsi, you know, like the same stuff like that, <laughs> or not, you know. <laughs> but anyways, the yogis of Tibet, uh, the goal is. The goal is to be meditating eternally. <laughs> That's the goal of these yogis. And um, <laughs> what they find, what they find, they say that some of them say, "Ah, oh, this is better." Some of them say, um, "I can go without food. I can go without you know any th- any bodily necess- necessities. They don't need to. Th- I I can go without them. I can sit. But the one thing that I cannot." St- that cannot stand still with my years of meditation my like journeys like what they do is they go they go into the mountains and they spend years alone just standing still or like sitting still and the one thing that they cannot like control is the mind the thoughts the thoughts will always run but that never stops them from (laughs) from stopping to meditate it's a, it's an incredible it's a, it's really incredible and it really gave me a little bit more insight into the significance of these people in terms of what they provide they have in some sense you know a secret to the world a wisdom that not many people um, ha- have or, or understand because it's so sacred and because it's, it's the geographical location of Tibet and it's uh, the mountainous regions have created uh, it's very difficult to go, like until recent times, until the last hundred years, basically. They have been isolated and they have transmitted their mm-hmm. knowledge uh, from one disciple to the other for years and ye- like years of training. It's not like just like, oh, these are the lessons in 12 years. No, this is a lifetime, uh, you know, commitment that you have. I will teach you everything that my my uh, mentor taught me or whatever they call their sensei or, you know, everything and every single detail and like for example, the Quran, which people consider to be the word of God, it wasn't written down until you know I, I think at least sixty years later, and even though the 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 tradition of the Arabic language was oral, uh, it, there has to be some sort of like mis like th- some sort of you know mistake, uh, which is interesting. The Quran is like I, according to one of my books that I'm reading is is the first written thing. In Arabic, Arabic was not written. The Quran was like, "Oh, let's just write this thing." Like Arab Arabic wrote, like th- essentially, it was like Lord of the Rings in the sense that they came up with their own language. I think so. Or I, the I'm language not sure, spoken, but it course. was just spoken. It was just completely spoken, and uh, uh, it was not unified. It, uh, the 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 accents were different between one tribe and the other, which was you know, um, it, within the same like Saudi Arabia, for example, within the same country, but of course within the other people in the north, for example. So uh, they had to unify this whole thing, and but they were very good. The Arabs are very good at memorizing and understand, like uh, relaying information from one person to the other, the, because the tradition is oral. the The way that they go and recite poetry uh, before Islam was, the, you know, just let me like the whole 
Arabic is an oral. It's an oral thing. It's an oral language. It, it's all about presentation. It, 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 the the poetry could not really be written. Although I disagree with the Quran thing because uh, there was the the there was there are these the muallaqat. This is the one thing that people know about Arabic poetry. Where written text ri- um, hung on the Kaaba for uh, it was po- poetry. Some f- from some of the big people. But anyways, okay. Uh, wow, I got into <laughs> a tangent there. Keep going. Follow it if you need to. Yeah. Um, no, I. I, th- I, more, I, more I, just, I keep going. I think the concept of poetry, um, at least. If I build on it once, um, only the West writes music. Yeah, um, yeah there is um, this other thing I was talking to uh, to Thad about in terms of poetry, which was uh, the concept of a poet is a new. It's a new concept, but it's also a Western concept. I think we, he's like, I don't understand poetry in english or american literature and it's like the poets of um, of the u.s are are harvard educated um you know talk about the the pretty lilies and the beautiful you know skies but they don't really go into the uh conversations between people and struggles as much as in in arabic man these what I'm noticing is that the conversations that I find myself very engaged with are are kind of have disintegrated just only because I haven't writ- written them. So I, I think right after good conversations, things need to be written down. Or spoken about. Or spoken about, that's true. On a, on a podcast. On a podcast. <laughs> <sighs> I, when I say the West... Is the only place that writes music. Maybe I can't speak accurately saying that it's the only way, only place, but my understanding is that music is played and heard. Music is not written. Hmm. I, I hear what I'm. It's, uh, it's, it's folk. It's like the people, it's popular, it's uh, made with people. Just but it's it, music exists in a sound form. It doesn't exist otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had to <laughs> uh, look. We have to be very clear. The only reason any group of people might save anything is like what was this? It's pure ego. Um, anything we save of what we have done is to prove that we have done. <laughs> to prove worth in some sense, you know, to create value in some sense. When David Cho talks about the Hadza, throwing away the art, it, it was about the creating, not the creation. This, uh... That things happen to yield a product. Like you and I record because we are of them. We do believe that we're putting something valuable or at least though i admit one second yes i think there's a okay the door dicht doen of nee oh nee hoeft niet okay ik snap het ik snap het helemaal goed 
I'm at my parents' house. <laughs> uh, that was uh, the, the language of the nether people. For those. Oh, yeah, suddenly he's like, that's a different dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, um, all right, so to say, I really don't listen to them very often. In fact, I, I don't even listen to them. I don't. Mm, it's just it doesn't seem like a really productive thing uh, every now and then if you feel like oh yeah wait there was this thing that is i need to go back to it. that's okay um but i don't i don't listen to it for me the process itself is the engaging one that's why we're here it, that's that's the point there's no other point i think that's step the, one the thought and the i thought think dawned on the yeah. um look you uh, we're going to circle this back all the way back to the beginning in just in just a moment um it would be really great to be able to engage with more people at the at the deep level in which the there is a mutual commitment to the engagement you wanted you thought it would be beneficial to be in the eyes closed space um and if you're speaking to someone whom both has a lot of experience with, you know, cultivating and curating circumstance and energy and mood, using all sorts of toys and gadgets as well to do so, um, that the person would almost always be open to a suggestion of how the how we might achieve that further. As long as it's in earnest, you know. As long as it's in yeah. the, the the sake of improving the experience and not in terms of like uh, ego. Mm. You know, I always have a lot of trouble with eye contact. It's so visually overwhelming for me to be inside somebody else's eyes and sort of see through their soul that the amount of visual stimulus stimulation that I get, it's um it's like a drug that I receive in my system. You know, it's it's um it's visceral and it's all encompassing and it sits everywhere inside my mind. Um it it makes me aware of the person opposite me and it makes me aware of their awareness of me. And it's once you're in that loop of thought, uh, you, at least for someone like myself, I, I end up stuck in this awareness of me and and them and together in that space that the words totally, totally evaporate. So I feel conversation is for eyes closed. Eye contact is for silence. I think um, conversation in the, the way that you converse it completely makes sense of what you're saying. Uh, the thing I would add and possibly a consideration for you, um, tell me what you think is, um, I find it to be more difficult to make eye contact with my male friends, you know, like long male uh, eye contact than with mm. females. With That's females, true. it is, <laughs> I am very comfortable and I, because well, there's it's not because they're females, but I think it's because I want them to know that I'm heard, as opposed to I know that I'm heard with you. Um, but the 
there comes a lot of communication through the eyes of what they're saying you know so um, while you when you have eye contact you you see a lot and it's it's a visceral experience in terms of their whole being but it's also an important way to understand what they're actually what they're tr- what they're saying um both in in like verbally because sometimes it's not very direct but also you know in the body language and and it's uh, to say i am listening i hear you uh i make you feel safe i make i don't know whatever all these things I don't think it's been tried. We speak and look at each other out of the convenience of the necessity. What if it was just the way we did things that if we are to look at each other in the eyes, we do so in silence. What would happen with all of your relationships if this was just the social custom? It's just a custom, a a pattern of behavior if you would, because right now we're at the position where it's so confronting to do something like that, that we can't do it and we, it, it feels painful, but we also know that, let's say we all had a shared commitment for this to become the, the norm. In no time, people would make this the norm and feel very comfortable because they'd realize and they'd learn of the immense comfort they would feel by simply looking at each other in the eyes regularly, all the time. And when you speak to each other, you say, I'm going to close off all other stimuli and be here with you as we talk. Be- being in this community here um, at the school, it, it's something that I, I notice. So it's something that is a trend, which is the there is no eye contact when speaking to people and by immediately kind of just talking to them and making eye, co- eye contact with them, you have much more engaging, much more understanding, much more uh, uh, like communal um, feeling towards everything that you're saying. It, what you're saying matters at this, you know. Uh, I think that's how I would, I would explain it. Um, if everybody were to speak with their eyes open and towards each other, uh, the conversations will immediately improve towards not the progression of work, but the progression of uh, the development of whatever it needs to be developed. So the goal in hand, not the paperwork that needs to be done, if that makes sense. Mm. I think you could transform a community with very simple cultural adjustments. This is one thing that I'm, that is like, yeah, it's uh, definitely in the mind whenever speaking to someone. Be deliberate about it at a larger scale. The change. Simple cultural ideas. Man, I mean, they just put people in front of each other to look at each other in the eyes and let them, it'll be uncomfortable at first. They won't get it at first. But eventually, enough people do it, they'll all get it. And then if the whole community has just like deeply looked each other in the eyes, tell me that you're going to be at the same school that you were at before. No, it's immediately... You'll transform the place. I was talking to... Completely. I was talking to someone yesterday about what it means to create... um, 
community change. I forgot the exact term. It's blanking on me right now. But it's um, basically how do you how do you change uh, how do you, oh collective conscious. Um, how do you develop that? How do you breed that? How do you create that? And one thing that she mentioned was one on one relationships, and I found that to be, you know, by to in order to create a community, you need to create you need to think about the individual or the the one on one relationships and. Of course, that is exactly what you need to do. Uh, an understanding, a, a, a developed language, let's say, between one person and the other and that network. You know, I, I get, it makes me so sad, man. The, the fact that schools insist on teaching exactly the same information to everybody, that there's a pure homogeneity of what people have in their minds and as a result like total stagnation of ideas i think imagine everybody was just pursuing that which they were curious about and as a result you had an explosion of interest from every corner that each individual relationship would have value in its communication that because of its differentness to each other we it's a herd because everybody is the same in principle i think there's a new there's a, a a small movement in educa education, the specific education that uh, we uh, were part of and uh, talk about that focuses on, have the privilege to focus on the individual desires and needs and the, uh, let's say, the, the mentoring based on each person's uh, own capabilities and, and goals. Uh, one English teacher here is developing that and is the, the movement that he talks about it kind of still um, is figuring out what it actually is trying to do but uh, at the center of it is uh, each person has their own way of learning or way of progressing and that's what needs to be cultivated not the shoving of information or if, or mm. or thinking um, styles. Very interesting. So we I could will, say the yeah, mantra I'll, is. Well, well, I'll develop that more. Per, more on pursue that. your. No, let's develop it. The mantra goes: pursue your interests, but do so with intention. If you are to be a part of this community. What it, this is a community of people who pursue whatever it is that they're interested in, be it an academic discipline, be it an instrument, be it a, a skill, be it a sport. Whatever it is they choose to pursue, they're in a community of people who are doing that as well. And they have the resources of the collective place that is rich in resources and opportunity and creativity and other people to bounce ideas with that the most creative people in the world aged 14 to 18 have the privilege of being here and using this as their jumping point to growing up with the only rule that pursue your interests and do so with intention the only people who would not be welcome in the community are the people who don't put anything into it, who don't put anything into what they're trying to do. And stagnation is fine here and there. Of course it is. But 
we hope for people to be able to understand that there are ways to emerge out of stagnation. And stagnation doesn't have to, it's not the opposite of progress and productivity. If you wish to put all your effort into meditation and spiritual wellness, that is absolutely on you to do. You have paid. You have paid for this experience. University is useless now. At least for most people, the only function it has is to give people a couple more years of growing up. But even then, it's not like a lot of the growing up is that intentional or carefully thought out. It's a lot of alcohol and parties and mistakes. So learning the hard way, instead of this eight-year like terrible idea, could we say four years of magic and then send you into the adult world? Theoretically, an adult ready to ready? <laughs> we, we've seen glimpses of that through the schools that we visited in terms of the space that they give them to be themselves within the framework of the whole general educa education system. But uh, of course, like uh, it, whatever resources that are provided by, by the institution or by the, by the whole place, uh, you are welcome to use them and you are welcome to use them in any way that you like. The observatory, you can, you can be there every day. Like the, what I'm trying to get at is um, one, one of our alumni was, was able to, and you know this, uh, was able to code using PowerPoint, which you're not really supposed to do or kind of, it's not really made for any coding, but he was able to do that only because he was wanted, to, he created an intention. I want to learn everything about this program. And that ignited something in, in him that is now, you know, have is, is blossomed and is continuing to blossom. So this this the curiosity is still re remains there, and it's about the the finite resource that he resource that he he had and the, the the intention of taking advantage of it. So what if you have amazing resources? What if you don't you, you, not just PowerPoint, but whatever you know, top of the line or you know whatever it is? That's where you can create loads of things. Dream with me for a second. Just imagine being part of that environment where everybody is intentionally pursuing their passions and their interests. We at school teach subjects that we're really too worried to drop because we say they're going to need this information. Except every student in every moment of most of these classes is always asking, why do I need this information? Instead, if you were to put them in an environment where they're constantly pursuing their own interests and executing ideas, they will learn all the things they need to know. Because if they have a broad amount of things that they engage with in a broad set of disciplines, which is the, you would feel remiss if you only did one thing in an environment where you could do everything. So people would want to do all sorts of things to taste everything. That's the point. This is the charcuterie board. <laughs> This, this, is, is the, yeah. this is the place to try everything. And so when you try everything, you will learn what all the different things need. And as a result, you will learn the things you need. And you will have tried much more than sitting in neat rows. The biggest crime is that the most creative people are being told to shut up and sit down and look forward. I th I'm, I'm going to take the example of uh, math. I think that's a, it's, a, it's a strong... Uh, it's a, 
what we understand math to be now and what it could be is are, are completely just like vast it's a vast thing it's math the math is to put yourself in a problem for the sake of putting yourself in a problem and trying to figure get out of it or trying to find a solution towards it uh, it's asking a question for the sake of asking a question what more creativity do you need than than that <laughs> to ask a question for the sake of a question uh, and allowing your the education that we have for math now is is directly related to the how it's going to be used in the near future for for specific uh, occupations so with engineering and finance and, and etc um, you know th that are geared towards creating something uh, with without the goal of curiosity but the goal of making more uh, whether it's money or making more of anything but but allowing someone to tackle math majors, what they do is they just sit down with one thing for, let's say, you know, years. It could be years. And um, trying to think of different ways that are not thought of. Like, that's your job, is to think of ways that are not thought of for you to find this thing. So why not that? Why not have that? Why not? Why? People always ask, why, why do I need to know how to find the derivative? Well, what if you ask them like, well, let me give you this problem. Let's see how we can, derivative is a, is a tool that you can use. Oh, okay. Well, what other tools can I use? And there, it just expands and expands. The only thing we need to cultivate is a desire, a will. If people are operating at the height of their engagement, they will learn all the things they need to learn. Again, imagine if people are just pursuing their own interests, guaranteed those with an inclination toward the numbers and information and technology. It's a, it's a wide domain of potential. A lot of people are interested in it. They will pursue their interests and come to the inevitable conclusions that they need mathematics and they need high-level mathematics to be able to do the things they wish to do. And therefore, the people who discover that early will pursue mathematics with the burning intention of what it is they're doing. And at the same time, be in an environment so eclectic and broad and rich and full of inspiration and creativity that the, these mathematic thinking people will be offered a broad, a broadened mind that is not channeled down through that single channel of you're an engineer and you only do one thing. You have to give people the access to everything so that their minds can grow in an interconnected way so that they can understand other people by channeling people through different lines and specializing them. The entire academic system is designed to push people so much in a corner that they're completely alienated from the rest of the people. How can we have an institution, uh, tr you know, transition, let's say, like how, what are the seeds that need to be, to be put in order to, to question and to actually take action towards like curiosity um a good film <laughs> True that presents the argument because i don't see a lot of films that go out and just try to make the argument and most people don't argue very well it's just like there's a anyway um let's make an argument yeah. basically or present or rather present the image this is what i think we just need to do i see it with such clarity man it's a it looks like as i said like baghdad However, I picture it in the the twelve hundreds. It just 
I'll have to share it. I have to get a book. Just give me two seconds. Keep keep going. I find it almost a calamitous waste to think of the amount of resources that people at these schools have access to that they'll never, ever, ever use because the system doesn't ask them to or doesn't show them that they can. In my world, I believe that you need a system where kids make their own schedules and are accountable for their own decisions and are entirely responsible for the consequences of what happens in their situations. Because I don't see how a, a structured, externally structured life shows you how to structure your life. It just shows you what it's like to be in structure. But it's not your structure. And everybody would structure their life in a different way. That's exactly it. Everybody has their own interests and everybody has their own needs at, at specific times. What if you fed that? What if someone says, I need this? And okay, someone like we'll give me, it to you. Like my needs, if I were to say, what were my needs actually? A tremendous amount of play. Almost a, like a majority of the time play. Because if that's how I, if I can answer that need, I'm able to take the rest of the time and make it so valuable. But most people wouldn't make that connection unless they were in an environment where it was a full trust in everybody that they're pursuing that which they believe they need. In the end, the game here is to grow up, to grow and to become useful to the world. And I think presented well is critical because if you can present the idea with the clarity with all clarity of intention that any onlooker might be able to look at this and understand what you're getting at and why and see its 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 urgent importance they would be able to understand but there is no way to, there is no way to unify that people's thought other than through the infinitely replayable and medium of film of course you could write but that is not the medium in which you will be able to access the people in the way you want to we're here to paint an idea of what it could be like when people always told me that oh rob he always feels like he knows better i my little addendum my my the way i address that or answer to that is it's not i don't know better but i want better between any group of human beings there was so much more potential for connection and growth and electricity than what I experienced in the deldrum of school. It feels like I feel cheated, man. I feel cheated. And even, and even though we went to a, an absolutely um, incredible school relative to all other conceivable opportunity that nobody has on this planet. And I have some teachers who, who are masters, absolute masters of their trade of their craft rather but still i i mourn the incredible missed potential that exists in all of these places i think there's a of course and it's kind of clear as day but it's the structure that is uh here this is what i'm going to say 
the powers that are at hand have decided and we have decided to follow so the the wisdom and knowledge that other people think is important is what we have also considered to be wise and important but that's that is not the case it is kind of you have to look from within and understand within your own context what is important and uh, to to lead into what I'm what I'm trying to show you is um, this book is the the House of Wisdom. So uh, the first book, I re remember when we there were two books that we had to choose from uh, for the House of Wisdom. Yes. There was I, I read a little bit of both, and the one by Jim Al Khalili was was significantly better. The first one was uh, written for the person who doesn't really know anything about the Arab world or the history of the Arab world and kind of dumbs it down for them and is uh, very Man, simple. makes so much sense just reading it. I was just hoping for somebody's recommendation before choosing one. You're absolutely right. <laughs> well, I mean, read. I had the privilege of, of being able to borrow both of them. So uh, mm, I found it to be just important to, to, give it, to give both, you know, just a consideration. And I found this one to be so much better, at least for me, because... It combines my both interests of the the history of science or the history of how we know things and and the history of the Arab world and the Muslim world. So I'm I'm really enjoying this book so far. I'm only you know 50 pages into it, but the he goes into the history a little bit. But the first real consideration of like why why did we have a golden age at that time? Why didn't we have it before? Why didn't we have it after? And the, his first argument is translation. So. Um, the the Khalifa at that time just loved or knew that it was important to, to translate and knew that it was important to take from other people and translate it into their own language so that they can use it themselves and build upon it. So uh, the beginning of the chapter has a quote, the significance of the Greco-Arab translation movement lies in that it demonstrated for the first time in history that scientific and philosophical thought are international not bound to a specific language or culture. And I continue with a couple pages in where it says, um, so the first, the first and most important factor in bringing about the translation movement was this Abbasid obsession with the Persian culture. The, the reason why they moved from Damascus to Baghdad was uh, a political decision to appease the Iranian governors at that time but also because they just loved the Persian culture. This was typified by one translator who, when asked why he searched for the Persian books to translate into Arabic, is supposed to have replied, we, the Arabs, have all the words, but they, the Persians, have all the ideas. This need for translation was at the outset almost entirely for practical purposes. It had to be seen as useful and necessary. So I'm, all I'm saying is the, the knowledge that we that we think is important is actually not necessarily it's 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 learned in the way that they learn it but what if we learned it the way that we learn it and build upon that what if we create the language that allows like specifically for arabic you know the we it's a it's an incredibly wealthy language that is able to go into the most detailed philosophical uh conjunctions and uh, uh you know just arguments and and scientific uh, 
revelations and and hop on that. I can see it. It's fascinating reading. So this is the book to read if you would like to. The value is in saying we must know what we are all thinking. We can't be isolated to our own thoughts, the words of our language. And right now, our language is not just the actual lingua that you speak, the, the tongue that you speak. It is the domain of people that you're, you only communicate to, the little silos of ideas. And I again see so urgent the importance of being in a place where People are actually pursuing their own ideas. And when there is no herd, there is no herd to follow. And certainly there will be people who will be followed, but it will happen organically. And these people who are followed will have to engage with leadership just as real people do. My question is how to illustrate it so that people can see. Yeah, I, I'm wondering, um, I, I'm not sure where how this came about in my head, but I'm wondering, what do you believe the role of um, artists who kind of represent things through their own medium? So uh, fine art artists or artists um, with photography that kind of, you know, do things differently they're not actually trying to say uh, uh, an argument that is clear, but rather, you know, something that is interpreted. Do you find do you find that to be important in the conversation towards progressing anything, uh, to pr- progressing ourselves? Could you rephrase? Um, how important do you f- do you do you find, for example, going to galleries and going to see different uh, expressions of, of ideas and uh, b- both in terms of like practical so like what we're saying now um, and also philosophical and, and cultural and identity and stuff I don't know I um, I don't engage with art at all um, you know I I live a, a very narrow existence. I, I really don't consume information. I hardly witness any art. I exist almost entirely inside my mind. Mm. And um, I wonder what the role, like in terms of like looking from within. Books, yeah. Keep going. I I've had to I have had to give it some value, you know. Of course, I. This is the type of realization. If I said it, depending on the tone of voice that I use to say it, uh, I could say, wow, that's terrible. You exist only inside your mind. Or, oh, that's, that's interesting. You, it means you must be sort of um, a self rather than a, uh, a hard drive of external information. I was thinking... Um in the shower about being in the mind and the importance of being in the mind 
And I thought of uh, the the prophet, like he didn't really do much in a cave for years and years. Like there was, that's what he did. He just after he finished work or whatever, he would go and think for years and years. Just think or just be be alone. Like what was he doing there? What was he really doing? Was yoga? Yeah, <laughs> thinking, but being with oneself. So there is definitely a yoga. important, yeah. There's an important uh, aspect of this whole thing. It's, it's very much so. So it's quite the opposite. It seems that all prophets who, are, all prophets understood that silence is where you will find God. Do you remember that sentence in the in the autobiography of a yogi about? <laughs> the regent or the politician who comes to the guru skeptical and the guru responds to him try observing your thoughts attentively for 24 hours and then tell me there is no god mm. that's not a lot of a lot of time 24 hours it's nothing I would like to um, go to bed soon, but I was wondering if there is, um, I'm, you're probably editing a lot, but if there was any music that you found to be, you know, or some, anything you'd like to share that you found to be cool. I find Richard Houghton to be kind of funky. So I've, I've sort of passed the phase now. I've, I really listen to it a lot. <laughs> H-O-U-G-H-T-E-N. The Sonata de Grillo. Um, oh, yeah. I I have a few, but Tedeschi Trucks Band has been on for a long time for me. Just over and over again. What do you find cool about them? That voice is very, um, it's kind of hypnotizing. Mm. Lovely. There's... Um, um, Uh, unknown mortal no, mortal orchestra they released a new oh, song yeah. it was uh, 19 mi minutes long um, so if we if we were to try and put bullet points at the end of all of this um oh yes try and look the thing that bothers and both inspires me at the same time is how unbelievably accessible massive massive cultural change is inaccessible or accessible you know because cultural accessible uh -huh. Um, it's the, what makes me sad about it is that like that it's being missed. Um, as I said, can you just imagine if you could somehow just be inspiring enough, inspiring enough to rally a few people to start doing this thing where you just look each other in the eyes for two minutes while holding hands, totally connected to each other. And at first it'll be weird, but let it grow and let it grow and let it grow. And then Maybe you don't even do the holding hands. Maybe you do. I think you ought to. You ought to. Like, people ought to connect to each other in that physical way. Just, can you really, it's like I said earlier, just imagine a place where everybody does, like, has done that regularly with each other. A way of sort of meeting a new person. 
like imagine the new student that like throughout the first two three weeks of their experience at the school because they're all doing their own thing nobody has a scheduled class they just end up meeting a bunch of people and each time you meet the that person that's how you engage each other two minutes of just just two minutes and suddenly you feel like you know the person i've only done this with one stranger in my life and i see the guy's face so clearly <laughs> it's just ingrained I, I, I can remember his soul i can remember that smile i can remember this this sort of like gentleness in him this mid-50s guy at the wim hof retreat with a kind of a funny iranian sounding accent but he's a canadian <laughs> like a guy who was just totally from a different world as these people he was not part of the esoteric or energy like he was just a guy who was like this is cool i will be doing this but at the same time it's like I'm, i bought a boat <laughs> I'm going to retire. I'm excited. <laughs> if you're going to try doing any kind of meditation, the only thing I've really learned from yoga breathing, or at least one of the things I really know and I apply, is uh, the diaphragmatic breathing. If you breathe through your nose, don't like, don't create the power from the nose it's a uh, created from like you want to hear a little sound in your throat as if you're kind of closing your throat while you're just like it's it's a little um and you know it's not too tight in the throat and imagine that you're like like tensing and you as long as you make a little bit of the sound you realize that you're actually creating the 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 pumping is happening from the lungs not from the nose Um, yes, 100%. Uh, I've been focusing more on uh, expanding my stomach, which is kind of like, I feel like, first level of breathing. But yes. I, Do it for two weeks and you will have done a more of a streak than one, like 99% of human beings. Um, yes. Let me the, the the what I'm saying about breathing to myself is it, the air that enters into your body allows you to connect with everything else that is outside of your body. The air, the, uh, your body becomes an instrument in the air, and it, I think about it like in the Sufi kind of sense where. Um, the, the flute it's called the the nai in arabic i'm not sure what it is in, in english but uh, the the flute is is made out of a tree and the the sound of the flute is that is being played is the the longing it has towards its mother or its its origin and that's kind of the relationship that one has with god is the yearning the the word the verb is yearning and uh uh, it's this constant uh, struggle or this constant play between the existence of yourself and the existence of yourself within the world. And uh, I think from wh what I understand from you is with with breathing through, like having that sound, you kind of, you feel a little bit more 
I was more more like the, the air in your stomach and the air that you breathe th that gives that that same sensation but breathing in the way that you've you've described also kind of it it's saying let the air enter into my body you know let it consume me I think that's it So I definitely feel it Meditation timers, the simple structural change that simply set the intention. The intention was to sit down for half an hour, listen to some beautiful flute music, find a pillow to sit on and try and assume the closest I can to the lotus position, get the back straight and just be there and let the timer go. And the timer is it. Normally, when I would sit down, I would just sit and just, okay, I'm bored, and I'd get up. You have to set the limit. This is going to happen for a certain period of time. 30 minutes is not a big commitment, and it will offer me great value. Thanks, man. It's, um, we have, it's been about a year since we've started this podcast, and uh, there are some uh, there's some, I don't know what the, the, the wrapped, the rap, the, like they give us analysis about what has happened th over the last year. And I'd like to show ah, the performance, our metrics, your show made your show streamed in four new countries, the United States, the Netherlands, Finland, and Canada. The places, these are the places that love you the most. And then. Uh, people listen to our our podcast from between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. It's a distraction for them. And we've released two, about <laughs> 1,857 minutes over 19 episodes. Please remember to drink water. 18,000, man, or 1,800 minutes of just things that we published, not things of what we've created. It's probably like hours. tripled. Yeah, it's much more than that. Yeah. Incredible. Isn't it some a little bit strange? Like when David Cho talks about continuing to record his podcast but not putting it online, it was almost like a dissonant idea. Like what? Uh, podcast? Yeah, I was like, what, what does that it, mean? <laughs> you do it, but it's... <laughs> but that's exactly what we do I, half I, the time, you know? We just don't put it up anywhere. It kind of did start from David Cho, like this idea of like the podcast can be anything. Because, because yeah. like the way he described it, it's like, yeah, I guess if you do that, then and people listen to that, it's like, I guess like, it could be anything. Keep diving deep in this domain of knowledge. I think um, you will emerge with a perspective that in the English language is not common. It's beautiful. It's a, it's um, it's something I've found fascinating since uh, since ever. So, uh, it's uh, I'm very happy to have delved, go back into it, but also also. Um, speaking of deep diving deeper, it's uh, right now, I'm finding myself, very, I'm finding myself putting myself a little bit more secluded. I, I don't really. Uh, I'm not asking to. I'm asking to find stories, of course, but at the same time, I'm 
not asking for m- my time is spent alone and i would prefer that <laughs> prefer it to be like that now that's what i'm finding myself doing and it's um it's really just about the exploration of the self and i think it's an important stage right now that i'm kind of need to commit to in some sense reading writing it would be amazing if you were around 500 people who were all actively on the process of exploring the self i found that i could not really be i could not really do anything without answering questions of why why create and why do the things that need to be done and although i'm thinking i uh, i'm lucky to have uh, you know a camera to to be able to do so but a lot of it has the best thing you can do man make magic happen in front of you and then point the camera at it there are different ways of doing things man and i see there's value in everything but and there's no doubt about the value of simply being a fly on the wall and I think you'd be able to create amazing work. It doesn't discount at all the, the fact that you have the potential to, to unite people, to unify people, to connect them together, and to capture that as it happens. I think that will, uh, at least in the, the ways that we've already explored, that will happen, and by itself, just because it's, you know, it's a different experience. It will evolve into other things. Um, if you so, create, yeah. if you set up a corner or side of your apartment to be beautifully set up for meditation, I know that Pitag would join you as well. Mm. What I, a little piece of wisdom perhaps to send you off. I don't know at the at what point you are right now if you're ready to leave. Um, I learned, I read about somebody asking on a Reddit thread. What? How do you get disciplined? <laughs> I'm trying. And one of the most poignant answers for me was: the most disciplined people know not to rely on willpower, or rather to leave willpower as a last resort. The most disciplined people understand that discipline is ecological. Cultivate the environment and discipline will be automatic. I see that. I see that completely. I mean, based on our own experiences, even at a minuscule scale, what it means to change the, the environment, you know, uh, and what it leads to but now it's you have to think about it in terms of discipline because consistency is n- a necessary element in terms of progress or discovery or whatsoever whatever you Man. want god I'm, I'm just i'm struggling to deal with the concept of um over scheduled uh, people who are scheduled what I, the idea was spurred by that fact that you and I don't plan any of these podcasts. It's just, hey, you want to get on? Yeah, okay, let's do it. And it's as such, it's always the moment asking for it to happen. 
it's never past self five days ago saying that this ought to happen at this time. And yes, I understand some things ought to be scheduled, but leave ample room for the spontaneity to happen. And it doesn't happen because there's no trust. People don't trust the kids. And as such, they bind them to rules and show them they don't trust them because you have to follow these rules. I think having a very clear set of these are the expectations of our community. You do everything you wish. But if you are causing trouble intentionally, you're not welcome here and you will not be welcomed here. Give, do that's not it. take. That's, for, that's it. For Tell me. them. That's it. You give, you do not take. And if you take, you will be asked to leave. Do you accept these terms? Yes, I accept these terms. Okay. And that's how you move forward. And it's something that is consistently being reaffirmed and reminded of that we are giving people here. What, what else do you need to teach? There will be enough? no room for those who make trouble. But when you are, when you have the, it's like social classes, the teachers, the staff, the students, you know, they're separate entities. You create an enmity between them. Subversion and subordination happen so often because boys want to lash out. But if you tell, if our boys are told, do whatever you want, you are loved, you are trusted and welcome. Boys do not feel the urge to lash out then because what are they lashing out to? Boys want to test boundaries. And so if you give them narrow boundaries, they're going to be testing the narrow boundaries. If you give them broad boundaries, they're going to see what they can do. Chances are my own, well, not even chances, my own firsthand experience tells me the fire inside just needs to be directed, directed, directional, productively, positively. Otherwise, it will become a problem because it doesn't fit within your system. It's always, yeah, no, as, as directors, but in the sense of to sh shift the energy somewhere else. Shift it towards it. a goal, a value. Use we it. all have energy, life force, push it toward, that's it. God, just, you know, it, the energy in a room is always palpable. You can feel when the energy is great. And most classrooms just felt dead to me. And a dead classroom makes my, it's, it's mournful. It's a create environments that are always electric and always alive. And for those who seek the silence, there will be silence. And for those who seek the engagement, there will be engagement. For those who seek whatever they seek, they will find what they look for. And if they cannot find it, they will likely endeavor to make it. Because they can. Nothing has to last forever in this place. You pursue your interests. You create clubs. And you explicitly give people the understanding that we are not building for legacy here, necessarily. 
You can if you wish. You start a club, you start an idea. Ride the wave until it's written and go elsewhere. There has to be a flexibility to not tie yourself down to commitments at this age. This is the playground of trying everything. All right, my friend. Thank you very much. Have a good evening and sleep well, my friend. Stupid. Have a good evening. Empty language. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good night, man. Night, man. And stop.